You have been our dwelling place in all generations. Amen.
As we gather together singing of Christmas, we also speak the faith. We do so remembering that to us was born a child through a virgin. Let us affirm our faith using the Apostles' Creed. It is found on number 881 in the hymnal. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. to worship with you this day. My name is Will Malambry, one of your pastors. Thankful to be serving alongside Reverend Isaac Dusenberry, Jim Sellers, the Chancellor Choir, and all of us who gather to worship this day. As we gather, we recognize the gift of life shared, the gift of life of faith, that we have a God who hears us when we pray. And so let us pray together now, joining in the collect. Everlasting God, the radiance of faithful souls, you brought the nations to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Fill the world with your glory and show yourself to all the nations through him who is the true light and the bright and morning star, even Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Hear now this reading from Isaiah chapter 60. Arise, shine. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar. And your daughters are carried on the arm. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth of the seas will be brought to you. To you the riches of the nations will come. Herds of camels will cover your land. Young camels of Midian and Ephah, all from Sheba, will come, bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
And now a reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw a star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. And they had heard the king. They, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Your life changes when Jesus becomes a part of it, when Jesus commandeers it, I should say. Your priorities, your values, your behavior, even your destination changes. Sometimes the changes are, are subtle, but oftentimes they are dramatic. Because to encounter Jesus, the risen Lord, the incarnate Lord, is to receive an epiphany. And an epiphany is not merely receiving a profound truth. It is also receiving a truth that changes the way you see the world, thus changing the way you operate in the world. The story of the Magi, or, or the wise men, as, as we might say, is but one of many examples of how Jesus causes us to take a different route, to seek what Scripture calls a more excellent way. In 1916, Robert 
Frost wrote a poem. I shall be telling this with a sigh, he said, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two, two roads diverged into a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. That poem, it speaks to me as a Christian. It reminds me of how receiving an epiphany from God will reroute your present journey. The same was true for the Magi in today's scripture. The scripture ends with them leaving on an unintended route. Their plans changed on the other side of meeting Jesus. That's what happens when you encounter Jesus. When Jesus enters your life, your plans will be changed in surprising, unexpected ways. Way back when, way back in the day when I was 18 years old, <laughs> I was convinced I was going to be a high school history teacher. That was my trajectory. And so I went through most of my college years with this end goal in mind. And when I was in my early 20s, I felt this inexplicable urge to reconnect with my home church in Conway. Like many young people, I lost touch with my church after I aged out of the youth group. And I, and I stumbled back into the sanctuary one Sunday thinking I would just, you know, ease myself back into things. Well, a week later, the, the men's group had me trimming hedges and mowing the lawn at Epworth Children's Home. About a month later, the women's group had me running vacation Bible school. And before I knew it, I was signed up to be a youth leader. That church even forced me to undergo Stephen ministry training. And y'all, the next thing I knew, I was Googling seminary. I was Googling divinity school. The next thing I knew, I was sitting in my pastor's office going over the requirements to be a Methodist minister. I have a wonderful idea, she said. We'll, we'll hire you as a pastoral intern for the summer. You'll, you'll get to see what church life is really like. You'll, you'll gain some meaningful experience. Sure, I said, yeah, that sounds great. And in my head, I imagined sermon planning. I imagined helping the youth program find a great curriculum. I imagined having these in-depth theological conversations in the Sunday school classroom. Y'all, they had me raking leaves, <laughs> vacuuming the sanctuary, cutting the bread for communion. They had me taking out the trash, folding and unfolding tables. You get the idea. And I remember the words of my minister just echoing in my head, you'll, you'll gain some meaningful experience. And you know something? She was absolutely right. Attending church was not how I thought it would be. Serving Jesus was not how I thought it would be. And now my very profession is not what I intended it to be. And thanks be to God. That's what following a Savior is like. It requires us to take another route, a route we would have avoided if left to our own devices. God said to me, okay, you want to be a teacher? I'll let you be a teacher, but you're going to do it my way, and it's going to look different than how you imagined. That's the nature of an epiphany. It, it teaches you something new about God, while changing you into something that looks more like a follower of God. 
a Christian. I watched a Miller Fuller interview the other day, and now Miller Fuller, he was the founder of Habitat for Humanity. And he was asked, how did you get the idea to start this, minist- this ministry, to found this organization? And Fuller said, well, you know, it really wasn't my idea. My wife and I, we were going through a difficult time in our marriage. There I was, sitting in a million-dollar home in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I was on the fast track in my legal practice, but things seemed to be falling apart, he said. And so, so my wife said to me in my moment of despair, honey, we're Baptists. We're simple people. Let's, let's just open the Bible and pray and, and see what God will tell us to do. So he said, I, I didn't know any better than to, than to open my Bible, and I asked God to, to show us the way. And through that process, he said, God told me to sell my house, to move to America's Georgia, and, and start building homes for poor people. That's how we got started. And then with a, a sort of twinkle in his eye, he added, can you understand why so few of us pray? I'd extend that to say, can, can, can you understand why, why so many of us are reluctant to let Jesus take the wheel? Because if you surrender to Jesus, if you proclaim a life of faith, if you believe that the God of this universe came into the world the same way you did, then that means leaving yourself susceptible to God's disruptive, intrusive, and unexpected ways of steering your life. And I think that's hard. That's harder than ever for us 21st century modern people to surrender that kind of control. We crave comfort, stability, predictability. We work hard and diligently to enjoy our modern conveniences. And so it's, it's, it's a sobering reminder for us, the church, that following Jesus will not always be comfortable, convenient, so on and so forth. There are aspects of, of faith and discipleship that are challenging, sacrificial even. Holding on to Jesus almost always means letting go of something else. And that is hard to do. That's hard to do. We, we look at the Magi today, and it's clear that by recognizing that Jesus was, quote, king of the Jews, that had some pretty drastic consequences for their life. Now, we don't know a whole lot about the Magi. We don't even know how many there were. We assume there's three because there's three gifts. But what we do know is that they came from the east and that they were likely men of status, astrologers. And because they came from the east, that means they were not Jewish. They were Gentiles. They came from an entirely different culture, a different belief system, a a different religion than Mary and Joseph. And by realizing and proclaiming that this babe was indeed the Savior of the world, the Son of God, they are being adopted into a new faith, a new way of life. They are saying yes to being God's vessels. God will use them to help spread the good news. And that means they will have to walk away from the familiar. They'll have to let go of old beliefs, their old customs, their their old ways of, of doing things now that Jesus Christ is Lord. And it's interesting to note that at the beginning of our story today, these wise men were, were more than willing to meet in secret, to, to conspire with, with King Herod. They obey him unwaveringly. They don't ask questions. They just do exactly what he says. 
But then they see the Christ child, and everything changes. Their allegiance changes. Their loyalty changes. And they know that this epiphany that they have accepted as truth will present some challenges for them. It, it might even make them some enemies. King Herod is one of them. And so they have to take the road less traveled, as do we. Part of the reason why we recognize this story as an epiphany is because it represents to us the beginning of Christ's physical manifestation to the Gentile world. And implicit in this detail is the revelation that the Savior is for everyone. That the story of Jesus' birth is not meant to be contained within the closest Jewish sects. It's not meant to remain insider information. The story of God becoming flesh to dwell among us is for the entire world to hear. It's not only for Jewish sheep herders. It's for nations in the east, nations in the west, nations in the north and south. It's for everyone, everywhere. And in due time, we will see Jesus embark on a ministry that crosses boundaries, literal and figurative boundaries. In due time, we will see a movement that cannot be contained, but rather spills out, spills over the entire world. So what will you do with this epiphany, this, this belief that, that Jesus Christ is God incarnate? How are you going to surrender control over your life by giving your life to Jesus? Are you willing to take another route? Are you willing to end up in a place that you never imagined or intended to be? Because that's what you risk every time you step foot in this sanctuary. You risk having your life commandeered by Jesus Christ. You risk being changed. You risk having your comfort, stable, predictable life turned upside down. But as intimidating as that sounds, trust me when I say that your life will be better for it. The lives of others will be better for it. And we will be God's vessels. We will help God recreate this world into the world God intends it to be. You have a treasure, all of you. It's not what's in your bank account, and it is not the things that your bank account affords you. Your spiritual gifts are your treasure. And like the Magi, you have an opportunity to offer your gifts, your treasure, to Jesus Christ for the sake of his glory. And you've been given a new year. We've all been given the gift of a new year. Maybe this year can be the year that we take the road less traveled by. Maybe this year we can find new ways to say yes to Jesus. We possess an awesome truth. We possess an awesome truth. We know who God is. And we know how God came to be in this world. We cannot let ourselves become desensitized to this truth. So let's go out and tell it. And in doing so, our lives will take an unexpected turn. So hang on. Amen. Let us pray.
We've come proclaiming your praise, O Lord, for the brightness of your glory shines around us. We thank you for your light who entered this world to heal and redeem it. We need both, as well as eyes to see that both are happening. As you did for the Magi millennia ago, do for us shine your light in such a way that we cannot help but follow. Overcome us with your glory so that we are made once more into those who can bow down and worship, rise and give, go the way you would have us to go. Emmanuel, as we draw closer to the end of the Christmas season, Help us to not pack away the spirit of the season, even as we box up the decorations. Holy Spirit, as we turn the calendar to a new year, help us to not miss the opportunities for fresh starts and faithful devotion. Guide us to follow you throughout the year, loving you and neighbor well. We're grateful for the love we received in the past year for the mercy shown to us and through us, for the health we enjoyed and the comfort we were given, the peace and security of having our needs met and beyond. We pray for those longing for any or all of this, including those suffering from wildfires, from inadequate resources, from critical health concerns, the aftermath of tornadoes and storms. Be very present, Lord, and bring the healing and hope that we all need. We ask in your strong and mighty name. Amen. One of the ways that God is present in the midst of, of challenge and difficulty is through others, through other people. And we as a church, have been faithful to try to be part of that in many different ways. One of the ways is the Christmas Eve offering, and I want to thank you for your generosity. $33,308 sent to Kentucky to help with their disaster recovery. That is something to be celebrated, absolutely. It's a sign to the people of that state, that they are not forgotten, that they are not alone in this, and that, that there are people in South Carolina and around the world who see the need and respond. I thank you that part of your way of honoring Jesus' birth was to, to care for his other children. And I pray that as they receive those resources, they'll, they'll sense God's love through you. You're generous in a lot of ways. We uh, finished 2000. 21 well, and we anticipate having another good year um, in so many different ways, financially, but also in the ways that we give of ourselves beyond that. You found in your uh, bulletin, if you're in worship in the sanctuary today, a, a volunteer opportunity form, and we know that we're called to give of our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. And so we invite you to continue to look for ways to do all of those things in the year to come. It'll be part of how we be, will be faithful in following uh, the
the Lord who's been born among us. So I invite you to consider that prayerfully, to continue to give uh, generously, to help us to be faithful in our ministry uh, here and beyond. So as you now, with grateful hearts, return God's tithes and with faithful hearts give of your offerings, we will praise God for that. I invite the ushers to come. Infant, holy, infant, lowly, for his bed of cattle stole, oxen lowing, little knowing, Christ the babe is Lord of all, swift are we.
We thank you, Lord, for all the opportunities we have had in which to serve you, call on you, and pray to you. Help us daily to revere and honor you. O holy, loving Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, may all praise, honor, glory, and thanks be offered to you from now to eternity. Amen. You may be seated. I invite you now to turn to page 12 in the hymnal that we may celebrate together, Holy Communion. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love, and we have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I invite you into a time now of silent prayer of confession. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Continuing now on page 13. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Before the mountains were brought forth, or you had formed the earth, from everlasting to everlasting, you alone are God. You created light out of darkness and brought forth life on the earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, in whom you have revealed yourself, our light and our salvation. You sent a star to guide wise men to where the Christ was born. And in your signs and witnesses in every age and through all the world, you have led your people from far places to his light. By the suffering, baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he gave, took the bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, 
gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. Likewise, after the supper, he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, drink, this is my blood which is given for you. Drink this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory, and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, our honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence that we are indeed the children of God, let us pray together our Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We, the many, are made one in the body of Christ. The bread which we have broken is a sharing in the body of Christ. And the cup over which we've given thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. I invite you to take your communion packet to uncover and receive the bread. This is the body of Christ given for you. And now the cup, the blood of Christ, shed for you. Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that as we rise from this table, we will be able to give ourselves for others through your Holy Spirit, in whose name we pray. Amen.
brothers and sisters in Christ, receive now this benediction. Go in peace and serve the Lord wherever, whenever, and however he leads you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.